1: And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis, got my brother Quentin with me, as always. As we promised last week, we are talking about the music of Devante Hines. He sometimes goes by Dev Hines, but he is known... Musically, as Blood Orange. And as we kind of talked about last week, he is, in a lot of ways, the type of R&B and funk and electronic that he does is very much sort of a um, an evolution on the Minneapolis sound that we talked about last week with Jesse Johnson and The
2: Time and Prince. Funk, but with a synth-pop new wave bend to it. Which I am all about it, dude. I will never get tired of that. Yeah, kind of
1: and he does it. He does it better than 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 anybody these days. Dev, um, and you know, as we talked about with Manette, it is hard to say. Q. I'm glad that you <laughs> Man, know what, dude. I, Texas is easy to say. You know what I mean?
2: Texas, sure. Washington, yeah, that's where we live, uh, <laughs> dude. So I noticed when I listened back to last week's episode. Both of us said Minneapolis a few times without even noticing. It's fine. You
1: know what? (laughs) People make mistakes, Q.
2: I like Minneapolis, honestly. Me too. I think it rolls off the tongue a little better.
1: But uh, as we talked about with the Minneapolis sound last week, they blended New Wave with R&B and funk, right? Yeah. So with Dev Hines, he's doing all that, but instead of New Wave, he's mixing in sort of indie rock stuff because you know hey it's 2020 you know what I mean but anyway speaking of indie rock let's talk about his history a little bit so I didn't realize this but he's been in the biz for a long time his first um, project he was a guitar player for a for a punk rock indie band called test icicles
2: man is that talk about a band aggregator name
1: (laughs) obviously it's a play on words cue Wait, hang on. Testicles.
2: Oh, my God.
1: Test Icicles. Silly me. Right. Silly me. Um, and so that, you know, his, his background is, I shouldn't say his background. He, he got his start doing like indie punk rock kind of stuff. Shortly after that, that was in 2004. 2004 to 2006, he was in a band called Test Icicles. He then sort of broke off and did his own thing. And it was more of an indie folk type thing. And he called himself Lightspeed Champion. That was 2008 to 2010. He got some notoriety with that, but nothing uh, really ever took off as much as Blood Orange did. And Blood Orange, uh, he started back in 2009. And that's right when we had our music blog queue. So we...
2: That was right in the thick of it. Yeah. So
1: we talked about um, his first record, Coastal Grooves. Um, We talked about... um, I think the, the the main single. We probably played the single on our podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> on our
2: blog. <laughs> we'll never we'll never get it straight. Man. They're
1: they're the same thing in my mind for some reason. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's more of the same, just different different media. And I'm probably gonna pronounce this wrong. Sutphin Boulevard. Su- Sutphin Boulevard. Anyway, I, I remember that song. We we covered it. We talked about it. And to me, when I listen back to Coastal Grooves. And even some of the stuff he did on Cupid Deluxe a couple of years later, it sounded like it was from the early 2010s. It had that indie, not, not chill wave, but it had that 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 sound that, that a lot of people were doing back then.
2: You're right? saying it fits in with the time that it came out. Yeah. Right. We were blown away recently when we found out that Dream Pop is synonymous with Shoegaze. But I feel like the 2010s was leaning heavy on the more indie rock, like, dreamy pop. Yeah,
1: right. And that's what we... Because that's, I guess, our first exposure to shoegaze was the stuff, the dream pop shoegazy stuff that was coming out in in the 2010s, not realizing that it went back to the the 80s, right? Right. Anyway, uh, the reason I'm talking about all that is because it, it wasn't really until until um freetown sound which is the record we're talking about today came out in 2016 that he really started to sort of come into his own as far as like his sound and stuff like you can hear it in coastal grooves and and, and you can definitely hear it start to build like momentum and stuff and on cupid deluxe but freetown sound is when like blood orange becomes um blood orange in my mind as far as like he's found himself he knows his sound he's confident he's confident And you can hear it. And this is two albums after Coastal Grooves? Right. So it's Coastal Grooves, Cupid Deluxe, Freetown Sound. So here's what happens in between Coastal Grooves and Cupid Deluxe. And this is part of what makes Dev Hines uh, such a talented artist, is that he's also a songwriter and producer uh, sort of in between all of this stuff. So he's produced and written songs for... Solange Knowles, which is Beyonce's sister, Haim, Sky Fiera, Chemical Brothers, Kylie Minogue, Blondie, which that's how that connection was formed, Mariah Carey. Basically, he writes Coastal Grooves. In you know, in between this and 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 writing up to Cupid Deluxe, he's producing for these huge pop stars, right? And and that's sort of where he's sort of um honing his craft and stuff like that, right? And so by the time you get to Freetown Sound, he, and, and something you may have noticed, that he he typically only collaborates and produces and writes for female singers. And that, he sort of sings in that register too, and that's sort of his comfort zone and stuff like that. By the time we get to Freetown Sound, he, ha, he features people like Carly Rae Jepsen, Blondie, and some other artists on that record. So he's just as comfortable producing and writing even on his own albums for other people um, as he is getting behind the mic himself and stuff like that. Anyway, so that's not what's important about Freetown Sound. There's actually a lot that we have to talk about as far as events happening in the world because it informs his writing and the way that he essentially viewed the world and himself in it when he was writing Freetown Sound. So
2: Should we play a song first? Yeah,
1: let's play a song. So we're going to play this in the order that it happened because it tells the story. So this is not really a song, but it is something that he put out on SoundCloud back in 2015. So let me just... uh, Sorry that I got to paint pictures here, Q. But we (laughs) got to have the whole story here to know. No, I'm really excited.
2: I'm I'm anxious to to hear more about it.
1: Okay, so in 2014... He performed at Lollapalooza with his then-girlfriend. I forgot her name. But anyway, he was on stage with his then-girlfriend. This was after the Trayvon Martin and the Eric Garner Mm. and and the Black Lives Matter movement started to kind of kick into gear, right? And so on stage, he spoke out against police brutality while wearing a T-shirt. With the names of Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner, Jordan Davis, Oscar Grant. What happened after that is he was assaulted by security at the Lollapalooza stage. What? After speaking out against police brutality. Basically, one of the, one of the security guards like roughed him up or something dumb like that.
2: Jesus, um, man.
1: Right. So that happens to him in 2015, in the summer of 2015. Basically, he was talking about how... After this was after the Eric Garner grand jury decision, he was like in this depression. I'm I'm gonna quote. I'm gonna quote him real quick. He he's talking to. He did like a radio interview with this guy. I think he's a producer named Kindness. Also goes by Adam Bridge, Adam Bainbridge. Sorry, but anyway, Kindness was asking him about this song that I'm gonna play. It's not really a song. They, they, they've actually. They referred to it as um, a collage style piece of music. Anyway, so this is Dev speaking. He says, I basically wrote a crazy thing, just stream of consciousness kind of thing on Blood Orange Facebook about how I was feeling, about what was happening in America. And then I just started playing the piano. So anyway, so it's this like spoken word type thing with, with some music that he's put behind it. But I wanted to play this one part this thing is 10 minutes, almost 11 minutes long. But anyway, I wanted to play, jump to this one part where he starts talking about, like, the history of his name.
3: So I was looking up what my last name means and what its origin is. My last name's Heinz, H-Y-N-E-S. Gets spelled a number of different ways, H-I-N-E-S, the most common spelling. <clears throat> and... Um, I found that it originates from the name O'Heynes. O-H-E-Y-E-N-S. And um, that origin is Irish. It's an Irish name. When I always knew my name would essentially be based on a slave name. But yes, it's an Irish name. Meaning servant. So essentially, not only... Is my last name a name originated from slave trade? But it literally means a servant. So, I mean, <clears throat> it's a weird thing to have to carry around. I'm proud of my name, I'm proud of my dad, I'm proud of my family. But it's very strange to have to carry that every day. We all carry it. All every black person carries that.
1: Now, the, the reason I faded it there, Q, is because that music in the background actually gets louder, and it's hard to hear what he what he continues to say. But somebody somebody kind of transcribed the rest of it, so I'm going to read just a one more part of it. He says, it's strange. I've been thinking about this a lot. Essentially, almost what this album is, referring to Freetown Sound, is myself. I feel like I'm deconstructing myself, trying to work out who I am. So I'm not this painted image of who I was. I think in my past, I was almost rejecting an image of myself that was, wasn't was even mine. What I mean by that is, there's this James Baldwin interview where he is discussing when he was writing Native Son, how he was growing up projecting this image that was painted of him. He never had eaten watermelon before. He never really listened to jazz before. You know, all these things that the white man has painted of the black person, the person's culture. Now, that's not to say those things don't have richness in them that you can celebrate that we did create. So we're here to essentially go back, deconstruct all of that, and learn to speak for the first time. I feel like I'm learning to speak again in my late 20s. So there you go. All of this stuff is going around in his head as he's writing Freetown Sound. And, you know, he just flipped on a microphone and, and recorded himself just thinking through these things out loud in July of 2015 and posted it on SoundCloud.
2: Yeah, it's powerful stuff, man.
1: It's it's crazy, right? Yeah. And I'm so happy that he that he released this out there and did this, right? He goes on to say in that interview that, like, I started realizing it's okay to make music that isn't for people to listen to, if it's a sense of therapy.
2: So he's try He he's um, forming his own identity separate from the quote painted image that was forced upon him. Right. Basically, he's talking
1: about like black identity, right? Yeah, and how there are these certain images. You know, you think about the old, like old timey cartoons and stuff like that, right? Oh yeah, yeah, Aunt yeah. Jemima, all that kind of stuff. Sure. That are just forced upon people, and and how they they have to kind of rediscover themselves and and um, you know, determine what their identity is in a way, right?
2: Well, yeah, and not only that, but he, it's part of his last name too. Right. Right. Yeah, man. That's, I mean. It goes without saying, but that this isn't something that we really know anything about uh, personally. No, you know
1: we don't. No, that's right. We we don't really deal with these kind of things.
2: I think we should say on my here. You know, it's Black History Month. We should, you know, you and I stand in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. It's something that we support a hundred percent. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. And absolutely. I think it's great to 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 get these stories told. And yeah, dude, I'm glad that he posted that, even if it was just kind of a spur of the moment, and you know, it's I think it's cool that he didn't really think too much about it. It just kind of came out. And I mean, that's one powerful thing about the internet, right? Like good or bad, sometimes we get these these moments of like clarity and self-reflection, you know, I think right. it's it's awesome that he posted it,
1: right well, so um this guy that was interviewing him on the radio. Uh, this producer who goes by kindness, like I said earlier, he kind of summed it up nicely. He said, um, Coastal Grooves was defining identity. Cupid Deluxe was interpersonal relationships and and that identity. He says, I think Freetown Sound is your identity in society, maybe? And then Devante says, um, this last album, Freetown Sound, this is me and the type of person I am amongst this certain corner of the world. It's me step, stepping back and saying, oh, I'm a black man living in America. So all this stuff, the, the Black Lives Matter movement uh, back in 2015, um, prior to that too, you know, just made him really step back and reflect on himself and society,
2: right, and his identity and whatnot. So it kind of sounds like he reflected on that and then stepped forward and owned it? Yeah, it, Absolutely.
1: And that's what this album is all about. All right. Well, let's hear some music, let's man. Let's hear some music. Sorry that that took a long time. But, but you really have to – you can't listen to this album and not know all of that context.
2: Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you did it, man. I definitely appreciate that.
1: Well, that's the thing. Like, when you listen to this record, there's so many things that he ties and throws into the record. Uh, scenes from, from movies and stuff. Uh, clips from Black Lives Matter marching and protesting – all this stuff and like you can just listen to that and be like oh cool he kind of threw this stump in there but when you when you step back and realize oh he was assaulted by security yeah, at Lollapalooza yeah. you know after after taking a stand against this kind of stuff it helps you understand what this album is about all right um let's play speaking of which we're going to play there's like like i was saying there's these little moments throughout the record and this is one of them it's a track called with him it's track five. It's a minute and 25 seconds long. We're going to play the whole thing and let it play into EVP, which is kind of our first pick. We're both familiar with EVP. Yeah, EVP is it features Blondie.
2: I think, it, I think that's on one of our playlists.
1: Yeah, it's on our best of the decade playlist. But here we go. This song is called With Him.
0: And black is. black is blue. And black is red. And black is a tan. Black will get you. And black is light. And black will leave you alone. Black can get you over. Black can set you down. Black can let you move forward. And black will make you stumble around. It's so hot.
1: song so much it's just so catchy man and like yeah all the different layers and like textures and and uh genres that you're hearing you know i mean that's the perfect example of what we're talking about where we say that he has taken the minneapolis sound uh the torch and he's he's kind of carrying it and, and adapting it for you know 2016 when this came out
2: yeah he's evolved it and modernized it but yeah there's that Definitely, in that backbone still there. I think it's goes it, it goes along with that the synth lines that he has, those kind of like stabby synth lines.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it, definitely the synth, the synth um, sounds right out of the the '80s, right? Yeah. There's an NPR article that I that I got a lot of info from. They say Debbie Harry crashes the party as if a DJ had dropped the needle on Blondie's Rapture. I like the way that that they describe that. Like when her vocals come in for that chorus, it does kind of come out of nowhere.
2: Yeah, they're right. It, it does kind of sound like it's it's coming from a different, like a different sound system or something.
1: It's, it's a, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. He's not just a a musician. He's a producer, maybe first. I don't know. You know.
2: I mean, he's he's a Kevin Parker.
1: Sure. Yeah. I, I've you know I've thought about about that. Like he he is he is up there with Kevin. I don't even want to say up there with Kevin Parker. I think he exceeds Kevin Parker parker in some ways but he's the same kind of
2: um there's no reason to compare them but sure yeah i mean you know it's, but it's the same, same type level of level of talent exactly just musically like music through and through it just runs through your veins
1: yeah exactly so he he produced a blondie song he wrote and produced a blondie song called long time which came out actually after this record uh so he hadn't actually worked with blondie um or produced for blondie yet but um but yeah it's worth noting that um Dev Hines is like a multi instrumentalist. I think that goes without saying. Um so
2: does he play drums?
1: Let me see if he plays drums on this particular I was just
2: track. curious because with that kind of spoken word stuff that you played first, that that was a really cool drum beat, just wondering where it came from.
1: Yeah. So he is yes, he is drums on on this track. He is the bass on this track. He is the guitar on this track, so yeah. Kind of like with Kevin Parker, a lot of what you hear, uh, as far as the instruments go, is is from this this one guy, Dev Hines.
2: Man, we sure bring up Kevin Parker a lot. I know,
1: we? dude. I We're know. Big fanboys. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, but yeah, so that clip that I played first, the track with him, um, there was a kind of the It's
2: like beat poetry at the end. At the end, about?
1: but that was that was from actually taken from a documentary.
2: Yeah, I was wondering about that. That was really cool.
1: It's from a documentary called Black Is. That came out, and that's kind of what, what you heard, that that part from that. It came out in um, 1994, a documentary called Black Is, Black Ain't. It's, it's somebody named Marlon Riggs, or at least that's the person who made the documentary. But that's where they sampled toward the end there. But in the beginning of With Him, there's a lyric where he says, You chose to fade away with him. I chose to try and let you in. So what's interesting about that lyric, he throws it in to that song With Him. But it actually first showed up on the end of a music video for another single that he released before this album came out. So that first track that I played was called Do You See My Skin Through the Flames. That was that spoken word thing that he put up on SoundCloud. Okay. After that, he released a single called Sandra's Smile. And it came out in 2015, a couple months after Do You See My Skin Through the Flames. Anyway – that song was about sandra bland which was that that black woman who was killed in prison in freaking i think uh mckinney or something like that oh, like yeah. close to me but anyway that song was sort of an ode to her and he was singing about in particular her but also this song was written for these women who are these mothers who have you know buried their children after police intervention police brutality right and so the reason i bring it up i don't want to play the song but at the end of the music video not the song itself but the music video he throws that that same lyric at the end of the video that you heard in with him and it shows up later in another song it's yeah this so this line he keeps coming back to you chose to fade away with him i chose to try and let you in it's a very vague, it could mean a lot of different things.
2: Yeah. But
1: it's interesting that he tied it to his song about, that he wrote to uh, as an ode to to Sandra Bland.
2: And the mothers that lost their, their sons.
1: Exactly. Anyway, so let's move on to the next track here. So um, this next song is one of my favorites on the record. It's called Hands Up. And it is, in some small way at least, about Trayvon Martin. And you'll hear in the chorus a line that jumps out, that should jump out at you if you're paying attention. So here we go. This song is called Hands Up.
2: love the way he records his voice and mixes it in dude it's ah oh, it sounds great with headphones dude yeah yeah
1: and um in EVP he's singing more in his like lower register right but in this song he's very much singing in that higher register that I was talking about earlier very much channeling like prince you know uh with the way he sings
2: i'm all about it dude
1: but anyway the lyrics in the chorus are you sleeping with the lights on baby and then there's this sort of these background vocals, I guess, hands up, get out, hands up, get out. Keep your hood off when you're walking because they, trying not to be obsessed with your hating, I don't even know what that means. Sure enough, they're going to take your body. So anyway, keep your hood off when you're walking is obviously about Trayvon Martin, right?
2: And anyone else who has to deal with that shit. Right. Which I don't have to deal with, man. Right. I, I just
1: don't. Exactly. Um, I can walk around with, with a hoodie. I'm wearing a hoodie right now for fuck's sake. Now I'm not outside walking around at night. Um, but I'm just saying that's a that's a reference to to the fact that Trayvon Martin was wearing a hoodie when he got shot by by George Zimmerman. Yeah. But yeah, this is what he's sort of reflecting on as a black man in America in his in his twenties. You know, what does it mean to be to be black in this country? Like you gotta keep your hood off when you're walking, you know what I mean?
2: Um, sleep with the lights on. That makes me think of um, Brianna. Brianna Taylor. Taylor. No, that hadn't happened
1: yet. That that didn't happen. Oh,
2: I know. But like, it's you know, yeah. She she was shot in her sleep.
1: Right. Anyway, uh, let's play the end of it here because because uh, they do something at the end that's kind of interesting. Uh, so here we go. So here's another part to um, to hands up. So you heard at the end that was the um, the chant that would often be uh, recited at Black Lives Matter protests: "Hands up, don't shoot." Hands up, don't shoot. Uh,
2: that little news segment or that person talking at the end—that was interesting. What he was saying, I
1: thought that was Van Jones, but because I recognized that voice, I thought it was you know the, the CNN commentator Van Jones.
2: I thought it was interesting where the point at which it cut off that what he was saying, right,
1: but- and that. It's interesting that it was cut off there. It was cut off there for a reason, right? But um, let me let me try to figure out what the quote was because, according to, He
2: said if if there's a replacement for something, there will always be, and then it cut off
1: something like that, right? Okay, so th- so it is a guy named um, Vince Staples, and this was taken from a, I guess a Time Magazine interview. Anyway, um, yeah, saying something never been done before, then it's no replacement for it when there's a re- replacement for something, it will always, and I wish I knew what the rest of the, the quote was, but, and I couldn't find it. But yeah, again, like this is just, it runs through this record and that's the thing. You, it's one of those records you got to play from start to finish. I know we say that a lot, but yeah, with this record, the whole thing is it's a thre- There's a thread that goes through the whole thing. And I was talking about how there's a, there's a, a, a lyric that gets repeated a few times going back to a song. That's not even on this record and um we're actually going to play that song next the song that actually takes that lyric and and kind of does something with it finally um so anyway here's our next track um but yeah i wanted to also mention at the end of that song hands up that the second clip that we played You at the little guitar ditty in the background
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know that's not to not to do like a He's just like Jesse Johnson, just like we talked about last week. But, you know, he, he, he could throw down on the guitar too. Um,
2: it sounded very 80s.
1: Yeah. So, uh, anyway. All right. So, this next song is called Squash, Squash.
2: Captivating.
1: Yeah, the way that he he blends so many different sounds and genres together um, in ways that like these are things that like maybe don't seem like they shouldn't work together, but he makes them all work together really well. You know. Yeah,
2: he definitely he does borrow from a lot of different genres and yeah. styles, but yeah, it's just it just feels like Blood Orange,
1: right? And that's what I was saying. Like, it, it seems like it his first two records were were about you know he wasn't he hadn't really found that that sound yet but having worked on some like pr- producing and writing for some pop stars and stuff and maybe just the way that he you know the way that he's piecing together these clips from movies and interviews and recordings of of chants and, and like during protests and stuff
2: i will always be a fan of of songs that that have ambient yeah noise in it right i like that like the crowds in the background right people talking and stuff i like that i like when it's done right it's it can be really effective and also can i let me just say real quick dude this was our least favorite thing about running a music blog we got to where we just could not stand trying to figure out how to properly describe the sound of whatever band we were covering It gets hard. (laughs) Sometimes the words just don't come to mind.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to be a uh, music—I don't know—scholar or something like that.
2: I just don't have the my thesaurus at the ready, you know. Right. But um, yeah, man, he's got it's it's part of that Minneapolis funky R and B
1: new wave. Well, that's the thing. Like when you when you hear R and B funk, new wave, and synth, those are things that describe the Minneapolis sound. They don't seem like they should work together. But they sure do, man. Yeah, Prince and The Time and Jesse Johnson. They they figured it out.
2: He has really found the like echoey, reverby sweet spot, dude. He's got just the right amount on his voice.
1: It sounds like the eighties, that kind of eighties sound. Yeah. But um anyway, um, I was trying to find who to credit that saxophone playing.
2: That was another thing I wanted to say, man. Yeah. How cool is that saxophone? There needs to be more saxophone these days, man. I couldn't agree more. I don't that care day. what genre. Couldn't agree more.
1: So there is a saxophone player named Jason Ars that is listed or credited with tracks one, three, five through seven and 15, but not for track 12, which is what we just played. And I know Dev Hines plays the sax, so I'm guessing it's Dev Hines. Well, there
2: you go, man. But he's
1: not listed on here as doing the, the sax on track 12.
2: He's a humble guy.
1: All right, anyway, so I got one more track for us here. And, I mean, I know it's it just seems like they just keep getting better and better. But this one, I think, might be, might be my new favorite on the record. EVP has long been one of my favorite tracks from that decade as – seen on our playlist of top 100 non-singles from the last decade if you want to check that out on spotify but um i confess i haven't really listened to this record as intimately as i have this last week preparing for this episode so this song is called better than me and i want to credit the vocalist because there's a another vocalist on here i think it's a well-known yeah okay (laughs) carly carly ray jepson everybody knows call me maybe remember that song
2: oh dude i love that song there I <laughs> okay it. well
1: you're, th- you're gonna love the song anymore <laughs> so carly ray Jepsen is featured in this track so here we go this song is called better than me
2: such an intimate vibe to it like it really pulls you in like you feel like you're just right there with him yeah or at least i did and
1: those drums i love the drums man it's almost like a drum and bass like a drum and bass kind of thing almost
2: yeah it's a really cool beat
1: and then i I love carly ray jepson's voice in that man it's kind of like that whispered you know like you said intimate that that pre-chorus that her and and dev are singing together yeah i love the way that they that, that they pace that um and what's interesting like i noticed it on the second i think it was the second pre-chorus like it started with just her voice and then he like joined in like mid verse or something like that his voice was added to it
2: really good composition you yeah know?
1: and that's the thing he's, he's a, a great songwriter. He's a songwriter producer he's classically trained i didn't mention that earlier that probably goes without saying but anyway um this song it sounds like it's about i guess seeing himself is not enough that's what I'm reading on um, Genius.com. It's somebody's interpretation of the lyrics here. Despite Dev knowing deep down what defines his worth, he is temporarily blinded by his jealousy when he sees himself as not enough. He knows his worth is not defined by his blackness or his queerness, but sometimes he thinks it makes him lesser. So I didn't mention that earlier, but his, his, um, his sexuality is kind of fluid. Um, he was on the cover of Out Magazine. I don't remember when. But he got some pushback on that because people were like, wait a minute, we didn't think you were gay and, and all this stuff. And he kind of doesn't define himself sexually, which is- Is
2: he asexual?
1: Yeah. I was going to say that's a, that, that's a sexuality in its own category, right? I mean, um, asexual or there's a bunch of, you know, queer is kind of the, the umbrella term queerness, right?
2: Right, right, right. Yeah.
1: Anyway, um, and that's part of, part of kind of his appeal, in my opinion, and what NPR actually, this NPR article that I referenced earlier- actually put it perfectly in the way that they described him. And, you know, Q, we've talked about like, oh, you know, he's a torch carrier. He's carrying the torch for Prince and stuff like that. I think NPR says it better here. They say, Heinz is the heir mm. to cross-disciplinary, nearly indefinable mavericks like Prince, David Bowie, and Michael Jackson, whose talent burned so brightly it consumed mundane notions of sex and race. Yeah, dude. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, man. It's fucking perfect. And David Bowie, that's, that's, I don't know why I didn't think about that or I never really think about that. But David Bowie was, was kind of famous for that too, right? Yeah, absolutely. There was no, same with Prince, especially where it's like,
2: kind of androgynous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: like he played into that. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's, that's all I got for this record. Um, fantastic it's stuff, dude. an amazing record there's 17 tracks on here you have to pull it up push play track one let it ride all the way through it is so enjoyable to listen to it was really hard for me to pick that's why there were so many tracks i could have easily played two or three more because there's a bunch of really really awesome tracks on here but anyway um, i'm going to say one more thing here to kind of wrap it up it says here i'm reading i'm, I'm quoting the the pitchfork review And I want to start try to get in the habit of citing the authors here when I quote them. But this was somebody named Marcus J. Moore who wrote that Freetown Sound represents the innermost workings of a man wading through his own insecurities, holding his flaws and weaknesses up to the light for everyone to see. He's trying to make sense of himself, his race, and sexuality while taking a hard look at what this world has become the future isn't so hopeless but we won't make it if we don't forge the path together
2: that's awesome there you go so you you, you got to have guts you got to be bold to to put all this stuff out there man nothing but respect for for dev
1: yeah you know the funny thing is like this is a guy who 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 hasn't he's never been afraid to put it out there he he wore a shirt on stage With the names of of Trayvon Martin and and others who were killed by police brutality and spoke out against it on a stage. And then, you know, he was, uh, you know, assaulted because of it. Right. But he didn't let that stop him. Right. He went on and made this record after that. So anyway, yeah, uh, my respect for him shot through the roof um, just this past week, just sort of reading about him and figuring out kind of what this record was about. He's amazing. He's put out some more records since then. I haven't listened to them, but I probably will. Um, But he, you know, one thing, speaking of, and this is probably what we'll close on, he did a remix of Borderline by Tame Impala. Oh, sweet. So we've been talking about Kevin Parker. Uh, That'll be our outro track. So he remixed Borderline, which, of course, is a track off of The Slow Rush, which came out last year anyway um so yeah that's that all right q so next week we are doing our second what you heard episode uh which we've teased a couple times the last couple weeks
2: man i'm sitting on so much music dude
1: i got some good stuff too um i need to hone it a little bit are we doing five each again
2: yeah we have to
1: okay that's probably what it's going to be every time because why not
2: so we're going to be bringing songs that we've been listening to, songs that we heard on the radio, songs that we heard on a movie, whatever. Whatever we've been we've been listening to. What's a radio in betru- <laughs> Uh Songs that we heard on the internet. Yeah. How about that? Um, and we're going to bring five songs each and spend a good hour or so jamming to some tunage. Uh, we used to do our What You Heard's at the end of every episode... <laughs> At the <laughs> at the end of every episode, but for this year, we're gonna we're doing them once a month instead, and we're doing it as in a like a full episode format.
1: Yeah, we used to do one track each every episode, and um, we decided it's just it's more fun to to spend an
2: hour sharing music together. And yeah, and we do have I should also say we do have a what you heard Spotify playlist uh, that you can find. I think if you just type in no filler. Uh, Just scroll past the Sum 41 record, All Killer, No Filler. Scroll past that, and you'll find my profile, which is the No Filler official profile for Spotify. And uh, we've got quite a few playlists on there. One of them being a What You Heard playlist. It's every single What You Heard song we've ever played, all thrown into a a playlist. Uh, We also mentioned earlier the... Top 100 non singles from the 2010s. You can find that playlist on Spotify. Uh, oh, we also have our favorites, uh, our top 20 favorites from 2020 that we just put up a couple weeks back. So, yeah, lots of good playlists on Spotify.
1: All right. So, that was that. Um, next week, we'll come at you with a What You Heard episode. And in the meantime, you can find us on our website, nofillerpodcast.com. And I'm a few weeks behind on that queue, admittedly, but... um, I forgive you. you Yeah, it's okay. You can find all of our previous episodes on the website. Really, it's more about um, finding our show notes and uh, track lists for each episode. Because obviously, you can listen to our podcast on wherever you're listening to us now. I would think that probably zero people listen to our podcast (laughs) from the website but, it doesn't
2: make any sense to do it that way. <laughs> yeah, why would you do it?
1: It's called it's called uh, an iPhone or an Android device or a computer. Anyway, yeah. uh, but we we post uh, you know all the articles that I referenced, all the videos and stuff like that that I talked about. We'll post them on our website. So if you want to dig deeper into the artists that we talk about, that's a good place to go. If you want to know, hey, what were those tracks that they played on the Blood Orange episode? Go to the website because we have the track list from each episode. And, uh, you know, yeah, you can find all of our episodes going back to episode one. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at no filler podcast where, uh, you know, we encourage you to reach out to us, tell us what you like and don't like, tell us what you want to hear us talk about. And we'll probably give you a shout out if you do. And of course you can find us if you want, um, some additional music podcast content, you can find us on the Pantheon podcast network. That's PantheonPodcasts.com. And of course, thanks to Pantheon sponsor AKG for supporting this show. All right, Q. That's that. Thank you, as always, for listening. My name is Travis.
2: And my name is Quentin.
1: Talk to you all next week.